another episode of Founder Wisdom Podcast. Today we have Marshall Nyman with us. He is the founder and CEO of Nymo Co., um, which is an affiliate marketing company, um, agency, should I say. Marshall, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about Nymo? Yeah, uh, I've been in the digital marketing space now for over a decade. I uh, started in affiliate marketing uh, 2010 for a startup. And that's really where I got my first taste of how affiliate marketing works. Um, I worked at that agency for about four years. And then I moved out west to California, living in Los Angeles now. Um, and I, when I first moved out, I was working for an e-commerce company. Um, and I was helping them with affiliate marketing. And that's where Nymo was, was born. It was just a side project. Um, like most people, it, you, know, you, you kind of just start doing a little work on the side. And then it's just grown. Um, over the last five years. And so it's been really exciting. Uh, and at Naimo, we basically focus on brands that are looking to emerge, uh, typically don't have an affiliate program. And so we come in there, get them set up um, on an affiliate platform and help them develop content partnerships. So where they're driving top of funnel brand awareness through articles, blogs, social media, everything we do. Um, for the marketing is paid for performance. So the great thing is, is a lot of these brands that are just getting started, they don't have big budgets, um, but they are happy to pay on a sale. And so that's the affiliate marketing model. Then we also as an agency follow that same model where the clients pay us a percentage of the sales that we generate. So there's a low risk for people to get started, um, but there's a great opportunity for them to really put their brand name out there work with some high quality uh, publishers and drive new traffic to their site. Who do you target usually? Who are your clients, your ideal customer persona? So we focus on direct to consumer brands. So anybody that's selling a product on their own website is really a fit for us. Uh, we look at lifestyle brands, uh, home, uh, baby has been a great vertical for us. So it, it's really uh, less about the category and more do they have something that's unique and different. That's really what performs the best in affiliate. Um, you know, if it's something that's there's a hundred other companies that are doing the same thing, it's not as exciting for a publisher to talk about. But if you have a product that's um, new, different, and, and easy to speak about, that's really um, the products that we do best with. So a lot of times those are the, the new to market brands. So say when I get into affiliate marketing with top leads or some of the info products that I have, which, for example, I teach uh, people about cold email, what do you recommend that I do? Do you recommend that I use a specific software? Then how do I onboard like these affiliates in my program? Do you have like a, a quick checklist of the, the best uh, practices when it comes to affiliate marketing and starting it up? Yeah, so there's definitely like a few different approaches that you want to take if you're starting an affiliate program. So um, what we primarily focus on, DTC, um, e-commerce brands, those are all B2C. So we're not in the same space, but for B2C, we'll get you set up on a traditional affiliate platform, uh, ShareSale, Awin, Impact, Pepper Jam. Um, and those are really what we normally um, for a B2, but for asking like your, your comp, you would probably take a B2B approach. 
um, obviously. And with that, we would work with less traditional networks. Um, we would probably build out a landing page um, and then we would have affiliates direct traffic there through various uh, partnerships that they have um, so they can target people that are business owners. Um, so that, that it, it, the first step is always just finding a network. Um, and what a network is, is just a place where you have brands or advertisers. So the companies that we work with, and then you have the publishers, which are um, the people that have the properties of either uh, a website, uh, maybe they have a social following, maybe they have an email platform um, that they're sending out messages from, whatever their medium is for reaching those specific users, um, that uh, affiliate platform or network brings those two sides together. And then the platform is what tracks all the uh, clicks, conversions, uh, revenue. So that way at the end of the month, if you're like, okay, we drove a hundred sales and you're paying maybe $5 per sale, you know, to pay out that $500 or maybe it's a percentage of the revenue. Um, but that, that platform or network is kind of the center of, of the whole affiliate marketing, um, effort. And then you do everything kind of on top of that building, optimizing and figuring out the best way to, to grow. So yeah, I would say if anybody's looking to get started in affiliate marketing, the first step is always finding the right network, um, depending on where your company is located, depending your target demographic and um, you know, who you're trying to reach. That's really what specific network would make sense. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people like to work on shares. Um, for the brands that we work with, um, but there's an unlimited number of networks out there. Um, that you can work with, and it's just about finding the right one. And what is the best one? Because back in the days, I was checking at Referral Candy or Sasquatch, whatever. Uh, Referral Sasquatch, I think they're called. Um, obviously, there's platforms such, such as ClickBanks. I'm not sure if they're uh, too recommendable. Like, say I'm a DTC brand. I sell soaps, and I make $5 million a year. I do a bunch of Facebook ads. What platform should I use? Yeah, if you're a DTC e-commerce brand, um, I recommend a few different platforms. And I get this question pretty much every time I have a call with a potential client, which one's the best? Um, there's not necessarily which one's the best. It's which one's best for you at the juncture you're in. So if you're just dipping your toes into affiliate, I yeah. really like ShareASale because sure, so. they're lo low cost. Um, and the barrier to entry is very low. You can get set up in the same day um, on literally, uh, you just type in your information, you put the pixel on your site, um, you put in your credit card and you could be set up on that day. Um, the other networks that I do like working on, um, AWIN, um, which is also part of ShareASale, uh, Impact, uh, Pepper Jam, Partnerize, uh, Commission Junction, Rakuten, those all require a credit app um, and a contract. So they take a little bit more effort to get set up um, because they're invoicing you versus just pulling a credit card. So I find those are a little bit more for a brand that is either established in the affiliate space um, and they know that it makes sense to, to, to move to a, a bigger platform or maybe they're already doing like significant revenue. Um, and so they know affiliates gonna be a good channel for them. Um, those different platforms, depending on if you're international or not, like one could be better than the other. Um, also, like depending on your vertical, there might be certain publishers that are better on certain networks than other. Um, so it really just depends on your brand. 
but I would say there's there's plenty of options, but share sales a great starter and then any of those others um, are great to kind of take uh, a second step. To me, the best affiliate uh, you know, partners are most of the time marketers with like lists and stuff. Am I wrong in that perception? And has that shifted more to influencers? Let's say I'm an Instagram influencer. I have an audience of 3 million. Do I get into affiliate marketing? Because most of the time, these influencers, they're paid per contract, per post, you know? So I'm not sure that question makes sense, but are influencers um, affiliate marketers not well? Are they affiliate to many campaigns nowadays? Yeah, so great question. Um, affiliate marketing has changed drastically over the last 12 years. Involved. Yeah, I involved with it. So affiliate is really a model. So it's paying for performance um, and having someone else promote your brand versus marketing that you control. So 12 years ago when I got my start in the space, it was all through email marketing. Everything was email, email, email. Um, people had big lists, they would send to their lists, and then they would see a return um, for sending a specific offer. That started to change when um, the, more people started to adopt to Gmail and Yahoo started to become more difficult to deliver email to. Uh, so a lot of spam issues for people. So then they started to figure out what other ways can I promote my uh brand as an affiliate and so what people started doing is they started building properties um and a lot of them were coupon sites um where people are searching for coupons and um, other seo focused uh targets where what are people typing in and then in the last five years everything's become content where i make a search based on a specific need so like i have a question what are the best sheets or um it's really hot in my room at night. What can I do about it? Or like these questions that people have, and then there's products with those solutions. So these content sites are building out answers for these questions. Um, and then that is driving traffic for affiliate. Uh, sometimes it's also like listicles, um, you know, best products for summer. It really can be anything. And then in the last few years, the shift has been to influencers um social media uh instagram tiktok facebook twitter pretty much anybody can be an influencer these days uh we typically like to focus on micro influencers uh, okay. because one the bigger influencers a couple million or even a couple mm -hmm. hundred thousand they're gonna look for a flat fee um mm -hmm. where if they're under a hundred thousand they're happy to work on an affiliate model they'll take a okay. share on any of those sales and it's a great way um, to maybe work with someone that only has 50,000 subscribers. But guess what? If you work with them, have a great uh, rapport, maybe in a year they have 150,000 or 200,000. It only mm. takes one post for someone to go viral. Yeah. Um, you, you've seen that in the past. I'm thinking about that uh, TikTok video with the ocean spray, you know, that guy, you know, like he had probably zero followers before he did that video. And the next thing you know, he, he's probably, you know, one of the uh, people that's seen the greatest increase in followers overnight. So like with that, you know, you get someone in the door, you find that right partner. And then as they grow, you grow with them. Um, so I really like to focus on those micro influencers. But yeah, everything is kind of shifted to those um, influencers 
as the main source of like affiliate. Um, but those other parts that I talked about are still in play. Uh, but that's the nice thing about affiliate is when, when I look at the last 12 years that I've been involved, it's shifted many times and it'll continue to shift in the future where some of the other marketing channels, they kind of stay a little stagnant and there's not as much innovation or change. Um, and so they start to kind of fade a little bit. Like everybody was really hot on Facebook marketing. Um, that's kind of tapered off a little bit with some of the changes. Uh, you haven't seen many changes in paid search over the last decade. So that's what really makes affiliate marketing great. And that's why I love it because it's not the same. It's always changing. There's always more to learn. There's always new partners coming to the space. Um, it's not like it's a set thing and you kind of just, there's like a playbook and you go with it. You kind of, a lot of figuring things out. Interesting. So yeah, it, it has changed uh, a whole lot. Let's say that, um, again, I'm a D2C brand. I don't have a clue about affiliate marketing, but I know that there's a opportunity in there. I go see you. Uh, how much do you cost me? Around two to three K per month. And then what do you do exactly for me? You manage the affiliate marketing campaign from A to Z. Uh, do we have metrics when we start together? What, what results should I expect? Yeah, so we, we typically work on two different models. Uh, we work on either a flat fee um, or we work on a rev share with a, with a smaller flat fee. Um, okay. So that way it's a little bit more palatable for smaller brands. Um, the way we work is we have a team of three people. Um, there's an account manager, account coordinator, and then a, a publisher strategist. And they're working to develop what's the best way to grow the account. So they start with a list of what are the most likely affiliates that we want to get in the pro program. We break it into a couple of different sections. Look at who's the best affiliates out there. There's like the top 100. We try to get set up with those. Then we work with um, anybody that might be a competitor or we look at who anybody might be a competitor and we try to work with any of those publishers. Um, then we look at your vertical specifically. Are you in home? Are you in baby? Um, and then looking at what publishers are focused in that area. Um, we then look at influencers. So which ones in your space make sense to work with? Um, and then the last area we look at is SEO. What types of articles are getting written that you would like to be part of? Um, so you kind of like mirror a little bit what the organic strategy is, our, our main strategy is. And then we're just setting up different commission rates for different publishers, trying to optimize that over time. Maybe someone needs more than 10%, so we'll give them 15%, or maybe we'll offer somebody 15% to give us a little bit more exposure or even up to 20%. Um, and we're just kind of fine tuning all of that stuff and then constantly reaching out to the partners to see uh, what they have going on on their sites. So that way we can continue to be part of the conversation. And what results should I expect? Like, do we talk about results at, at this first campaign? Like, is it a, a monetary goal? Uh, can I say like, hey, Marshall, I, I expect, well, first, do I, yeah, it's rev share for these affiliates. So that, that question is out of the hand. I don't need to pay more uh, for, for these affiliates. They only get paid if, um, if I make some sales. Um, what, can, can we set like some goals in terms of how many affiliates I will get? And let's say that, hey, I want a return on investment on that and I want to make like 6K this month. Do we set these goals prior to the campaign? Yeah, so there's basically a, a couple of things that we're trying to achieve. So with that target list, 
um, there's probably about 100 or, or 200 publishers on there. So our goal is to get as many of those publishers um, in the program as possible. Um, so we're kind of like looking at, okay, here's the 200 publishers. So far we have five active, 10 active. Um, we don't have a set number per se. Um, typically what we look for is 10% uh, of total e-commerce revenue should be coming from affiliate marketing. And as affiliate marketing grows, so should your other channels. So even though maybe the 10% doesn't get greater, the revenue is increasing every month. Um, with like and any good affiliate program, um, you're not gonna see results overnight. So if somebody says to you today, hey, I can get you set up on an affiliate program and I can guarantee you X results within 30 days, um, it's not likely that they're really going to deliver what you're looking for. Um, to, to do real top of funnel brand awareness content partnerships, it takes usually three to six months before we see significant mm. results, um, usually up to a year before we see um, significant um traction like like what happens is is it takes a it takes a couple of weeks just to get people interested in the program right let's say somebody's interested and then we said we start having a conversation with them we don't get them product that that night you know maybe it takes them a week to get the product then it takes them a, a, a week or two to use the product then it takes them a week or two to write the um the post and then maybe they're you know it, some of these people are like planning their posts a month or two out. So it's not like it just happens overnight. Like you yeah. start the program today, someone makes a post about you tomorrow and you're getting sales instantly. It's, it's a, like a snowball effect. You have to build as many of these content partnerships over time. So that mm -hmm. way it starts to drive sales. Um, so what we like to say is by the end of year one, 7% of total e-commerce revenue. And then by the end of year two, we should be 10%. Um, if someone's able to drive significant revenue overnight it's because they work with coupon publishers and that's been one of the um hot topics in the affiliate space for a while a lot of brands don't working with coupon publishers because it eats into their margins and they don't see the value in it somebody's on your site everybody does it you look for a coupon before you check out um, you have a cart ready made people feel like if that cart's already made you're about to check out i shouldn't pay someone else to show you a coupon so that's typically where we're seeing a lot of instant revenue driven because that traffic's already happening. Um, and so it's not anything you necessarily need to pay on. Um, or if it is something that you want to be part of your strategy, you just pay a lower commission rate. Um, but that's usually where the overnight revenue comes from. So like expectations in the beginning, um, we usually lay out that it's gonna take a little bit of time to really ramp things up. Mm. That's super but good. The ultimate yeah. goal is to try to get about one content yeah, because some clients, you know, they have expectation to get like almost instant results. They're pretty delusional, you know, after all the self-help book that they read, you know, and they, they think that, you know, stuff can happen in like two days. But yeah, the the, the technical world is another uh, reality. Uh, so good thing that you mentioned that yeah. to them off the bat. Uh, I want to... You know what it is? Sorry? They're, they're used to other marketing channels like Facebook or paid search where you can put money in overnight and see results instantly. So I yeah. think that's a lot of times like people's expectation is, oh, I can get this out of my other uh, marketing channels overnight. Why can't I get the same out of affiliate? And mm. affiliate tends to be a really strong ROI, sometimes five to seven percent uh, X because we're paying on a sale. So there's no like negative or one-to-one -one ROI. Mm -hmm. If you're paying a 
10 or 20% commission, you know, your costs are never going to um, push you to where you have a low ROI. So that's the other thing that we're seeing a lot is people want to do sure. more in affiliate because the ROI is good, but it's just something that takes time. Yeah. And I mean, even any one that's serious and that has done Facebook ads know that this stuff takes time as well. You know, first there's a buying cycle. People don't buy uh, instantly, you know, like it takes time to get traction. And second, to get in the green with Facebook, it, it takes a long while, you know, it takes expert level type of people to make a bunch of A-B tests, you know, and it, there's no channel that is like significantly easier than others. That's why, you know, I typically recommend that people do affiliate, do Facebook ads, do cold emails, you know, and try all of these beautiful things together. And uh, when you have your eggs in different baskets, also it's safer if like say that your Facebook ads account just got banned or that your affiliates are, are not showing up at work today. So, I mean, yeah, like uh, have, have a diverse um, array of uh, channels going on and, you know, test out things. That's, that's what I'd recommend people. I want to shift uh, topics real quick because we've got a couple of, of minutes left. You've recently made your shift to um, full-time entrepreneur. How was the, the shift from side hustle to full-time? Like, how did it feel? So yeah, so still still in the process now. Um, I think I always had the entrepreneurial itch. Uh, my grandfather, his father, um, they were all entrepreneurs, and so and as well as my, my dad. And so always just kind of knowing that at some point I wanted to run my own business, be my own boss. Um, but I never really anticipated it to happen this soon. I always thought it would be like a little bit later in life, uh, you know, how to like build this big career and have all this experience. And then I kind of just started the, the side hustle and it just got to the point where I couldn't turn away from it anymore. Um, and I knew that I wanted to just focus on running my own business versus kind of treating it as a, a second business and really putting my full focus and energy into it. And so it's, it's definitely been a big shift. I think for and I was saying this to a, a friend last night who's also in the affiliate space. Uh, we were, we're, we're salespeople now, you know, like when I started the job, I, I was just a, a marketing person. I just did affiliate marketing. Uh, the biggest thing that you learn when you're a business owner is that you have to learn everything. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's all these things that you don't know about. And so yeah. I think that's one of the, the biggest pieces of the transition that I've uh, been focused on is just all these new items that are outside of my affiliate marketing uh, knowledge that I have to learn. Mm. And so that's been fun and exciting, but it's also, uh, you know, it leaves you up uh, late at night as a founder trying to figure out how you're going to solve for some of these things. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, as a father, you know, you're juggling between all of, of these things. How, is, how are the stress levels nowadays? Um, I think my stress level has actually been a little bit lower as of late, knowing that this is going to be my full-time thing. I think it was more mm. stressful waiting for it and kind of, I was like, was waiting for this, the company to get to this like big point or something. And I just realized mm. like, it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. Yeah. Um, and so just trying to like live in the moment more, be excited to, to, to where the company is now. Um, really enjoy this phase instead of worrying about the next phase and then how we can push it. Um, but my stress levels have been pretty good. I mean, with two kids uh, that keep you busy all the time, it's, uh, you know, easy to kind of distract you sometimes when, when there is some stress on the job. So that, that that's a good thing. <laughs> when will you buy the boat that is shown on your LinkedIn? <laughs> um, 
I don't know. You'll have to generate us a couple more leads a month, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Marshall is a client of mine and I generate uh, leads for him through cold email. Um, it's a beautiful boat. And yeah, it's like uh, it's a dream of mine to be able to sell the world. If I ask you the, the question, um, where will Nimo be in five to 10 years? What would be your answer? Um, my goal is to, to grow the company, but not where it's like this big conglomerate. Um, I personally wanted to get away from, from big companies. I like smaller startups that um, you really know everybody, you're working on a similar mission. So uh, five, 10, 15 years from now, want to be providing the same core service um, with a small dedicated team, um, really helping emerging brands. And we've never been after the, the biggest brands. We always focus on founders because we like new projects. We like things that are different. We like things that are exciting and it moves quickly. So I just continue to see kind of like, we'll grow in size, but we'll still have the same core focus of helping emerging brands uh, grow through affiliate marketing. And I'm sure affiliate marketing in the next 15 years will change a lot. So maybe our, our strategies and what we're focused on, growing it slowly, doing it the right way, um, trying to keep the company private, not looking to take any investment money, really just trying to um, do it the way that I think is the right way. And so just kind of growing it slowly and putting all my heart into it. Nice. If you have one piece of advice to give to young founders, what would it be? Um, I think for me, the number one thing that I'm always trying to do is just talk to other people. Um, you don't have all the answers. And as I was saying, like when you start doing this, there's all these things that you have to learn that you don't know about. Like, you know, whether you're a finance person coming into this, you have to learn the HR side of the business or whether, you know, you have sales experience, but you're having to learn, you know, another part of the business. Nobody has every single uh area covered so just talk to other people that are going through the same thing i think that helps you kind of realize that you're not alone other people are dealing with the same struggles um but you can also learn what other people's successes are and how they've achieved them so i, I think like networking and, and just finding out how other people are doing it has been the, the best piece of advice that i've had and so i think that's probably what i would recommend to other people as well Thank you so much for showing up today, Marshall. Where, where can uh, people can find out more about you and Naimo? Yeah, you can visit us on LinkedIn at Naimo & Co. Or uh, you can visit our website at www.nymo.co. That's nymo.co. That's great, man. All right. Thank you so much, Marshall. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs>